0: Turn, if you would, tonight to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for the day. Thank you, Lord, for the music that we've just heard. Thank you that we are able to be saved, that we are able to be your child. I pray that you'd help us tonight to uh, consider these words. Lord, that they'd be a help to us. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Some of you may be getting tired of this, but we're going to review just a little bit so that we are aware of what's going on in the context of things. I think most of us by now are fully aware that at this stage in the lives of the believers, of the believing Jews, that uh, they are going through a time of affliction. They are going through days of difficulty. And in that, The writer is not dismissing it. The writer is not acting as though it did not exist. He was going to encourage them in light of that affliction, in light of that difficulty, and tell them to just continue on in the race that they uh, were supposed to run. He was going to challenge them to keep their eyes or to fix their eyes on Jesus Christ. And then as we looked in verse number 4, we watched as he reminded them That to this point, they had not yet resisted unto blood, meaning their blood had not been shed. And so it wasn't really as bad as what other people had gone through and what other people had dealt with. And we need that reminder sometimes, do we not? We need the reminder that it could be worse. And so that was in verse number 4. And then verses 5 and 6, kind of an odd placement for these words. So it kind of leads you to believe that there was a reason for it. In verses 5 and 6, he began to deal with the subject of chastisement and how the Lord uh, chastens those he loves and he scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. And so the implication was this, is that there was a possibility at least that some of the hard times and the difficult days they were going through was a result of the Lord's chastisement in their lives. And that's not always fun to admit, but it is true that sometimes the difficult days that we're dealing with, it's because of our own ignorance, and it's because of our own disobedience, and the Lord has to deal with it. And so many times, again, we don't like to admit it. We want to blame someone else. Uh, we, we want to act as though we're the victim in all of this. And and truth be told, uh, I don't know the percentage. I couldn't begin to know the percentage, but truth be told, there are times when it's just on us and and i i, I want to emphasize that for this reason okay sometimes and i, I want to be careful how i say this but sometimes we're sissies and, and we think everything is chastisement no it's not sometimes we're just morons you know what i mean and it's just the natural flow of consequence for what we've done you, you know i thought of how do you illustrate this how how do you drive this home i mean you know it's kind of like this if i get in the car tonight and i drive 90 miles an hour down Hobart street and then i get a ticket that's not god's chastisement in my life that's because i was foolish you know if i go out and spend my paycheck tomorrow on stupid frivolous stuff and then by friday i'm broke that's not chastisement that's because i was a moron with my money You know, and so many times the Lord says, I don't know what the Lord's trying to do in my life. He's not doing anything to you. You are managing to do all of this yourself. And so we need to be careful as to what we call chastisement because many times, I know the Lord wouldn't express it this way, but I think many times the Lord would say something to this effect to us, "Uh, don't blame that one on me because I'm not responsible for that one. And so... Sometimes it's just because of our own ignorance that we get into the position we're in. But there are other times the Lord is trying to get our attention and the Lord is saying, now now come on, I've been patient with you and, and we need to get this right or the discipline is going to start. So that's what we've dealt with tonight. We're moving on. As we do, I want to ask you something. Has it ever been true in your life that there were certain things that you should have appreciated? And yet you did not appreciate them in the moment. Have you ever been there? It's happened to most of us, I would assume. I was thinking about my childhood and, you know, that I grew up in a fairly good environment. You know that I grew up in a pretty good home. And so for me, since that was just normal and what I was used to, I certainly did not appreciate it like I should have. I totally took it for granted. I grew up in a situation where I had grandparents who spoiled me, and I didn't know how to appreciate that. I just took that for granted. And there are so many things in life that I took for granted that I just did not appreciate it like I should, and yet I think this is also true that the older we get, the more we do begin to appreciate some of the things we used to not appreciate. Would that be true of some of us at least? So now that I'm a little bit older and I can see what other kids have grown up in, I can say, man, I'm thankful for the home life that God blessed me with. I'm thankful for what God allowed me to be raised in. Whenever I see how much my kids enjoy being spoiled and then I realize what my grandparents did to spoil me, it's like, hey, I can appreciate that now a little bit more, and the list goes on, okay? Many times we don't appreciate things like we should until after the fact, and yet this is also true. Sometimes if we're not careful, we never appreciate certain things like we ought. Not now, not ever. And that's not always a good thing to be said of us. We'll get back to that thought in just a moment, but tonight let's continue in verse number 7. In verse number 7, here is what the writer says to the believing Jews. He said, If ye endure chastening, God, des, uh, if ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons... For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? Now, again, this illustration is being made between a father and a child in the realm of chastening or punishment or discipline for wrongdoing. And so he said, If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? What is the writer saying? The writer is saying this. Find me a son who has not been chastened by his father at some point, and and you're not going to find it. Every child who has a father has been chastened at some point. Have they not? They've been chastened, they've been punished, they've been disciplined. It's just not going to happen that you can go through life As a child with the father, and there not be punishment. He says in verse number 8, he said, But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. We know what a bastard is. It's a fatherless child. And so what he said is this, is if ye be without chastisement, then basically you are a son without a father. And so... In the spiritual realm of things, we would understand this to be true, that what the writer seems to be trying to communicate is this, is that if you can go through life and not experience the chastisement of the Lord in your life at different points, at different occasions, for whatever reasons it may be, then what that indicates then is this, is that you are not his child and he is not your father. Because where there is a relationship between the individual and God, that is, God the Father and now we as children of God, if there is no discipline, if there is no chastisement, then apparently there is no relationship. And I think many times we lose sight of that. Again, we want to assume that just because of our own ignorance and because of our own poor decisions, that that must be chastisement. And and I don't know what is and what isn't in in your life. I can only know what is and is not chastisement from the Lord in my life. But I, I, I want us to think about this. If there is someone who can go through life and they claim to be a Christian and yet you don't see the chastisement of God, you've got a question Where's the relationship? I mean, if if we saw a child who never got disciplined by their parent, we would say something's not right in that relationship. And so the same would be true in the spiritual relationship. Again, if somebody can go through life and, and there's not the correction, there's probably not a relationship. Now, jump down to verse number 10. just want to look at this very quickly. He says, For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure. What is he talking about? He's talking about our earthly fathers or our earthly parents. And he says, For they verily for a few days chastened us after their pleasure, their own pleasure. What does it mean? Well, that doesn't mean they got a thrill out of disciplining us. Okay? It's not like they get some kind of pleasure, some kind of thrill, some kind of enjoyment out of this. But what it means is this, is that according to their own pleasure or according to what they saw fit, it might even be paraphrased like this, to the best of their ability, they chastened us according to what they knew and what they understood. And that would be true in most situations, would it not? Now, I know and you know that the writer is giving the people, his audience, the benefit of the doubt. But think about it. It is true, I think, for most people that they're trying to be the best parent they know how to be. Maybe they didn't have the best child rearing, and so their example of what a parent is supposed to look like was not the best, and so that has influenced how they have raised their kids and and things of that nature. But the writer says, now listen, we verily... For a few days we were chastened according to their own pleasure after their own pleasure. So as they saw fit, but notice what he said next. But he for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. I think that we know this. Well, let me rephrase that. I'm sure that you know this, but I'm not sure that we always think of it like this or view it like this. But... uh Our parents were not perfect parents, but we do have a perfect God. All right? So my parents did the best they knew how to do, and your parents did the best you knew how to do. And, And we as parents, we tried to do the best that we know how to do with what information and knowledge and wisdom we had available to us. And so we were not perfect, but God in his dealings with us as children, it is absolutely perfect. And notice he said in verse number 10, that the chastisement is for our profit. Well, isn't that why we would try to discipline our children? Is to try to help them? Okay, when God disciplines his child, it is certainly for our profit. It is certainly intended to be for our benefit. Now, it doesn't mean that we're going to respond in such a way that it profits us, that it benefits us. But any time God chastens his child, it is with our best interest in mind. Not only that, he said that we may be partakers of his holiness. What does it mean when he speaks of holiness? It means of the, it means this to be sanctified or to be set apart. It, it would be this that that we would be able to identify with the holiness of God in our lives as a result of his chastisement, as a result of his discipline. In our lives. So, see, when a person, whether it be me, you, or someone else, whenever a person who is a child of God begins to stray, begins to go their own direction, they begin to go in, in whatever pursuits they decide to, to go after, here's what's going to happen because of that relationship. God is not going to ignore it and allow that to take place forever. God, because of our relationship, is going to address it, and he is going to begin the disciplining process, the the chastising process. And as he does that, it is never out of anger, it is never out of frustration, though he can be angry as he chastises us, he never is just chastising us out of pure anger because he is frustrated and doesn't know what else to do. We've done that as parents, have we not? We've reached our boiling point. We are totally frustrated. We are totally irritated. And we have disciplined for all the wrong reasons. I'm not suggesting that God does not get angry. But I want us to be reminded that God never punishes us out of pure frustration and a lack of awareness as to what to do with us God always knows exactly what he is doing. So when the chastisement comes, when the punishment comes, if we respond in the right way, then it is going to be for our profit. It is going to be for our benefit. It will make us better people, and it will help us to be a partaker of his holiness, to be a partaker of, uh, of that, that sanctified life, that, that separated life, that one that identifies with him In the way that we ought So that being in in mind Look now in verse number 9 In verse number 9 The writer says this Furthermore we have fathers of our flesh Which corrected us Is that true? For most of us it was If you were never corrected in your life as a child, you probably didn't have a father figure, or at least not much of one. Okay? So, furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us. Now, notice what he said after that. He said, and we gave them reverence. We gave them reverence. Well, what does that mean? It means this. We gave them respect. Now, let's just be honest for a couple of moments. And just so you know, we're going to get out early tonight, okay, so you don't have to feel like we're going to be trapped here for a long time, all right? Just want us to think about this. And and so let's just be honest and, and not be afraid to be transparent. When you were a child and you did something wrong and the punishment was coming, even though you knew you deserved it, Did you always reverence your parents the way you were supposed to in the midst of the chastisement or the correction? No. (laughs) No. Now I'm going somewhere with this, okay? I know what it was like for me as a child. Up into my teenage years, whenever I was still getting licks with the Dowel rod that was kept in the door I could still take you to that door right now And show you the rod And I could tell you Several occasions where I was Disciplined with that, okay It, it left one of those marks where you just remembered I know you don't care, I'm just telling you There were many occasions When I was receiving the correction That I was not saying Dad, thank you I needed this correction. You're right. My attitude toward mom just a moment ago, it was terrible. And you're right. Me and Eric, we've been fussing far too often over the silliest of things. Dad, this was needed. Shucks, Dad, I appreciate it. You you know better than that, right? There was never a time, never a time, where I was disciplined, where I turned and said, Dad, thank you. In fact, many times, what did I have? I had like what you had when you were getting disciplined. Many times I had an attitude. Are you accusing me of having an attitude? If you were a normal kid, yes. Did you ever have an attitude? Y'all, they're just leaving me high and dry today, just looking at like, Did you ever have an attitude when you were getting in trouble? Of course you did, because that's what kids do. Kids never enjoy the punishment process. But think about it. As we have gotten older and as we have looked back on our past, where we had a father and we had a mother who was willing to discipline us, who was willing to punish us, who was willing to say, listen kid, you're not getting away with that in our house. We didn't appreciate it then like we should, but now that we've gotten older and we've gotten some years under our belt and we're a little bit wiser, what do we now have? We have an appreciation for a father and a mother who loved us enough to discipline us. So when I was 12 and 13 years old getting licks for whatever it was I had done, whenever my dad was saying, okay, you know what's coming, whenever that was happening, or my mom, I, I was never grateful for it then, but I am so grateful today that I had a father and a mother who loved me enough to take me to task on some things and to discipline me when I needed it, and because of that, I have a much better attitude and a much greater respect for them now, because I see the benefit of what they were trying to accomplish in my life. Yes. Now, friends, that was from an imperfect set of parents. That was from parents who had their own issues, who had their own faults and their own flaws. But I can look back at it and say, Dad, hey, listen, I know I didn't thank you that one day, but thank you today. And, Mom, I know I didn't appreciate it then, but but thank you, I, I do appreciate it now Now, now notice what he goes on to say in verse number 9. He said, and we gave them respect, shall we not much more or much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? Now, I know that in this statement, he he goes off just a little bit by way of his thoughts, and he says, should we not rather be in subjection? Well, Well, what does that mean? It means this, should we not obey the one who is our father of spirits and live and, and to enjoy life, should we not obey him? Well, the answer is this. Of course we should obey God, our father. Should we not? I mean, really, this isn't something we should be questioning or debating or 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 trying to figure out. I mean, with our relationship with God, if he is our father, certainly we should be in subjection to him. But the thought of the first part of verse 9 carries over that, listen, that just as we reverenced our parents, our father, who would discipline us on this earth, should we not, as we yield ourselves or subject ourselves unto the father of spirits and live, should we not also reverence that? And have a right attitude toward God's chastisement in our lives? So that as we find ourselves in subjection to Him, and as life continues on more blessedly and and with more joy and with more satisfaction in life, should we not also give our Heavenly Father the same kind of reverence? Well, the answer to that question is fairly simple, isn't it? Yes, we should. But consider this thought. Consider this question. Have there ever been times in our spiritual lives where God was chastising us? Where he was chastening us? And it wasn't fun? And because it wasn't fun, we kind of got an attitude with him. Brother Kyle, you forgot who you're talking to here. See, I've always recognized his chastisement is for my profit. And so that I might be a partaker of his holiness. So every time I get off track and the Lord says, Oh, child, I can't let you do that. I've turned and I've said, Father, thank you. Does that sound like us? No. Not if your flesh is anything like my flesh. Because, see, I have the same rebellious streak with my heavenly father that I had with my earthly father. So there are times that I want to do this. There are times that I am, I am determined, this is what I want to do with my life. This is the direction I want to take. And the the father, the the. Father, God the Father, he's saying, no, 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 and okay, okay. Ow, that hurt. Have you ever been slapped upside the head? I don't know how else to say this, but have you ever just kind of looked at him like, what was that for? Because sometimes when the Lord waxes, rather than respecting it and rather than appreciating it and rather than saying, oh man, I need to subject and I need to subject to the, to the Father of Spirits and live. No, there are many times that we get whacked and there are many times that He disciplines us and we're like, man, what was that for? Good grief. I'm not that bad. I'm, I'm like way better than a lot of other people. you've done this if you're anything like me you now if you're not anything like me you can sit here and just pray for me but I, I'm just saying There have been so many times I've had a rebel's spirit and a rebel's attitude toward the chastisement of God. So as a result of that, rather than reverencing it, rather than respecting it, rather than saying, thank you, Lord, for what it is you're trying to do in my life, I've gotten an attitude with the one who is simply trying to help me. And I have grown bitter, and I have grown resentful, and I have grown angry to the one who is just trying to make me a partaker of his holiness. God, I don't think that's right. God, I don't think that's fair. God, I think they deserve your chastisement far more than I deserve the chastisement. And, and, and I've had an attitude. I don't know how else to say it. I don't know if, if this transparency is painful. But I, I'm just saying... I don't like being chastened by God. And yet here's the amazing thing. Whenever he is chastened and I have finally said, okay, all right, you win, I submit, I yield, I'll subject myself to you. Every time that's happened, I realize I'm better because of it. And as a result of being better because of it, it's then that I get my attitude right and I say, well, thank you, Lord. Thank you that you didn't let me stay in that position. Thank you, Lord, that you didn't let me stay in that condition. Thank you, Lord, that you wouldn't just leave me there. Thank you, Lord, that you brought me along. Thank you, Lord, that you've taken that out of my life. And thank you, Lord, that you you finally pounded that off. And, and it's kind of like my relationship with my parents. I, I sure didn't appreciate it at the time. But now I do appreciate it, and I no longer, for lack of better words, Because I didn't really take it for granted But I I do now appreciate more That I have a heavenly father Who loves me enough To chastise me To chasten me Whenever I do wrong And yet here And I know I've said this many times over the years But here is what I know of myself Just because I can look back and say, okay, the chastisement produced this, and, Lord, I am thankful for that, I'm not going to stand here tonight and act like from here on out I got this thing figured out and squared away. Because the self-righteous attitude really doesn't serve anyone any good. Amen, 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 and amen. The self-righteous attitude is, is really just unprofitable for lack of better words. So see, here, here's what I, I, I know of myself. I know that if I'm not careful, there's a real good chance I'm going to get off at some point in my thought process, which will result in me getting off track in my actions. And at some point, here's what's going to happen. The Lord's going to say, okay, Kyle, you know better. I've tried to get your attention. We've tried to handle this the, the peaceful way. So now here's the chastisement. As that happens, knowing myself as well as I do, which I don't know myself completely and entirely because no one can, here's what I know, though, to be part of my tendency when that happens based on previous actions. If I'm not careful the next time the Lord chastises me, you know what will happen? I'll get bent out of shape again. What was that for? (laughs) What was that for? Kyle, you know good and well what that was for. Well, I don't appreciate that. I think I'm doing pretty good. I think I'm doing just fine. I think I'm doing a lot better than a lot of people See, I know my tendency. My tendency will be to get that same attitude so that rather than realizing he's doing this for my own profit and to help me to be a partaker of his holiness, here's what I'll do. I'll not reverence him like I should, which means I'll still have that hint of rebellion or that streak of rebellion going through me and, and I'm not appreciating his chastisement like a kid with some sense should appreciate it. And it doesn't matter if I'm in my 40s or if it happens when I'm in my 50s or my 60s or whatever stage of life it may be in. I run the risk of not appreciating it like I should. And so tonight I'm just going to ask you this question. Have you ever been disciplined by the Lord? You knew this was by the Lord because he had been dealing with you, he had been addressing this, and you were refusing to deal with it. Has there ever been those times where he has chastened you and you've said, okay, I don't appreciate that. Well, okay, that's happened, I would suspect, for most of us. Is it possible, then, that some right now, and, and I don't expect anybody to admit this, trust me, but is it possible that some right now, if you just be honest, you know you're dealing with the chastisement of the Lord in your life? There are just too many signs, there are just too many factors that point to this truth that God's not going to let you get away with that. I'm not saying it is happening. I'm just saying is it possible that it could be happening in someone's life tonight? It's possible. So it could be you. It could be the person you're sitting by. And if that's the case, then is it possible that maybe you're having a struggle with your attitude towards what God's trying to do in your life right now? You're saying, come on. No. Okay, I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to address this. Well, I don't like that. Well, doing this for your own good, and if you would just subject to me, if you would just yield to me, if you would just surrender to me, you would see that this is for your own profit, and that you're actually going to be made more like me as a result of it, but until we get our attitudes right, we'll never appreciate it like we should and like we ought. I don't know if this has made any sense. I don't know if this has just been kind of a mess that I've thrown out here to you, but I know for myself, I have struggled to appreciate to reverence, to respect what God has tried to do in my life until I'm well past that occasion and then I see the benefit of it. Is it possible, is it possible that someone here tonight, you know exactly what I'm talking about, and maybe even right now you're struggling with it. If it's not tonight that you're struggling with it, I would almost be willing to bet at some point in the future you will because that's the way we as individuals work, no matter how godly we think we are. Said in verse number 11, we'll deal with this next week. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Isn't that true? It's never fun. It's never enjoyable. We never say, oh, good, chastisement's coming my way. But it serves a purpose. And is there room for appreciation in our lives right now? for what God's trying to do. Let's all stand tonight and bow our heads for prayer. Fathers, I come to you this evening. Lord, I hope that this has been a help to someone here this evening. God, I don't know to what extent I struggle with this, maybe to a greater degree than others. There may be some in here, they they simply don't struggle with it. And that's, that's fantastic. But God, the writer seems to make clear that our flesh struggles against this. And we have a hard time having a right attitude towards you. And we have a hard time appreciating what you're trying to accomplish in our lives when the correction begins. And, Lord, it may be that someone in here tonight needs to look at their life and be honest and say they really can't see that much of an occasion where they have known your chastisement. If they were honest, they'd have to say that's just the consequences of poor decisions, but it's not really your chastisement. God, it may be that there needs to be someone tonight who says they're not sure the relationship is in place like it ought to be. Lord, whatever you need to do, whatever you need to accomplish tonight, I pray that you would.